That's a good idea. Cool. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Strangely and Friends, the podcast. My name is Strangely. This is a podcast. And if you're listening to it, that makes you one of the friends. There's another friend sitting with me here. I am being joined this week by my friend Solfin, with whom I also spent our Hostfading. That's a fall outgoing, fall break. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So this is Solfin, everybody. Hello. Do I, my name is Solfin, as you've guessed. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? I am from uh, Kvinherad, which is a municipality in uh, the county of Hordaland in the west of Norway. Uh, in the same uh, county as Bergen, Bergen, if any of you know, know that place. It is a city in it, Norway. It is indeed. Technically, I have been there for a few minutes. Technically, I have been there too. <laughs> for more than a few minutes. Uh, but that's besides the point. So, strangely, spent about half of the break along with me mm-hmm. in my at my home village town hamlet whatever <laughs> what is the what is the word in norwegian there's bigd bigd bigda <laughs> bigda there's that uh there's this horrible norwegian pop country song that blasts in the uh gym here that i hear most every morning oh, no. and the chorus is bigda raven round in or not raving but what like Whatever the Norwegian word is for going to a rave. Um, Rudit. Rudit, I think it's, is the word. And so they're like, Bugda, Rudit, Runen, Bugda. Like, yeah. It's like about having a big time party in a tiny village. And it's an atrocious song. Oh. <laughs> I have no doubt. But now I know what that word means in the song. That's great. Right. Good. Uh, yes, I spent the second half of our break with you, but before that, I did some other stuff. What did you do when we left? The, so we left. The, we all left the school at the beginning of the week, and you had left even before that. You left a week before break. Yes. So at the school, I'm in the sailing class, whereas you're in the boat building class. Mm-hmm. Um, so me and the sailing other sailing kids, we went to a neighboring town, meaning the neighboring town about one and a half Netherlands away. <laughs> Um, where we uh, participated in, uh, in Olesund, by the way, that's the name of the town, we participated in an uh, experimental archaeology project uh, with a local museum about sailing um, a boat uh, from that area, which is a... Which the tradition of sailing the boats is extinct, so nobody knows how to sail them, and it's mm-hmm. full of wacky shit. Uh, and from there, I didn't go home to the school. I went straight to our local big city, Trondheim, and mm. took a plane home to Bergen. And from there, I spent a few days, I don't remember, yeah, some days, at my grandparents' house and did some fishing. Mm-hmm. Didn't get a lot of fish. Only a notable thing was a stingray, which was pretty cool. You caught a stingray. We caught a stingray at the stingray spot where we usually catch stingrays. There's like one place we can set a net and like 50% of the time there's one stingray in the net. And holy fuck, you wouldn't imagine that a f- 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 flat piece of meat can tangle itself so much in a net. Mm-hmm. 
but it's amazing what they're able to do. It's like they've tangled themselves into half the net. That's incredible. I'm also just like, my brain is still going stingray. Because I think of rays as like a very tropical thing. You know? Right, me like, too. Yeah. Before we caught them, started catching them. <laughs> Global warming, I suppose. Or, yeah, that's not a regular, is it? We didn't 15 years ago. Really? Yeah. Like, during my lifetime, I'm, I turned 19 last week. Mm-hmm. I've noticed several new fish migrating into the zones where I usually fish. Mm-hmm. Like, there are several fish that weren't there when I was a kid. Definitely weren't there when my grandfather was a kid or when he was a young adult and right. it's not in our fishing books and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's quite... So they're, they're like not in the fish, like the classic fish like identification. Yeah. Books. For Norway. That's insane. Wow. Uh... <laughs> there was one fish that we caught, that it's actually a type of shark, uh-huh. called havmus. Mm-hmm. If there were any Norwegian marine biologists out there. Havmus. Sea mouse. <laughs> and we looked that up in the book. And to be fair, this book is probably from around the year 2000. Mm-hmm. But still. And it said that, said that this fish is only found in on parts of the coast of Iceland. That's the only place in the world where this fish lives. And we caught one in Hardangafjorden in Norway. That's insane. And that was five years ago, maybe? Uh-huh. So they were, they're coming for us. Really? Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of break, I went camping for a couple of nights here near the school mm. uh, with my friend Kai, who's visiting from the States. And then we went to Trondheim, went to a couple of museums there. And then I flew to Bergen and immediately left Bergen <laughs> and took the... As you do. The two-hour ferry ride down the fjord to the little village. Well, it's not your village, though. The, no. The one where the ferry lands is called... Rosendal. Rosendal. And that is where your dad has his cafe. That's where my dad has his cafe. With the, the infamous sign outside. Which, <laughs> what does it say? It says, Metalanorsk. We speak English. Whatever... We speak Dutch is in Dutch. Hablamos Español. Mm-hmm. And ich kann helas kein Nederland sprechen. <laughs> so, to translate that, it's... Uh, we speak Norwegian. English spoken here. Uh, uh, German spoken. Or, I speak German. Uh, Spa- I speak Spanish. Yeah. And then, I regret to inform you that I do not speak Dutch. <laughs> In Netherlands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's genius. Yeah, and for the record, my it's a cafe slash ice cream bar, as my family produces ice cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, organic ice cream at our farm in a bit farther out of yours, where we stayed and did some stuff. What did we do? Well, we pressed apples. Yeah. We made uh, quite a quantity of apple cider. Quite a quantity of Norway's best apple cider, I might add. Mm. You said that the the fjord that we were on, sort of that region, is the Champagne of Norway. Oh yes, it is Norway's Champagne. I mean, we have a bottle right behind us there that says, with big letters, Sider fra Hardanger. That's Mm -hmm. a big selling point. That is like writing champagne on a bottle. 
Is there, are there like certain rules about what constitute, like, are there, how far oh, yeah, outside it's a, of It's a protected title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, it's exactly the same as in Champagne. In much the same way that you, your dad was telling me that skier is a protected title in Norway. Or yeah, skier. it is. So only certain people can make and sell. Um, they, only certain people can call it that? No. Anyone who produces cider in Haranga mm-hmm. can call it Haranga cider or cider mm-hmm. for Haranga. But, this, but with shear, it's only certain yeah, people can call it shear. Yeah, that was, there's only one company mm-hmm. who can call it shear, which is quite weird because there's like one company trademarked the name in Norway. Right. That's amazing because there are so many companies selling it. So that's um, in English, skier, S-K-Y-R. Uh, there's so many companies selling that all over the U.S. There's like dozens. I My friend runs one uh, back home, Steen's McCreamery. There's a shout out to Kate. It's good stuff. Go to the Valium Farmer's Market uh, and get some. It's so good. Um, but yeah, that's so fascinating that only one company can call it that. I think it's similar to... I think for a long time, um, <clears throat> Sriracha was copyrighted by one company in, in the States. Really? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you could, there, that's why there were, like, other companies selling things like Rooster Sauce mm. or um, Cominacha Sauce or something like that. It's sort of like there are multiple people yeah. selling you that taste, but not that they couldn't call it Yeah, they couldn't use the brand. Yeah. That's fascinating. The apple cider was so good that we fresh pressed. Yeah, it was. I destroyed myself drinking that stuff that night. I drank so much of it. It was so good. I, yeah. And it was interesting how we kept trying sort of, we separated out the best apples and did a pressing. And then we separated out like the best apples that were left and did a pressing. And Mm. then we separated out, was it the third pressing? At some point you thought we were done and I was like, let's try one more. I thought we were done after the first pressing. Really? Yeah. Because then we did a second and then a third, and yeah. the third still tasted good. And the third was great. And then we tried a fourth, and it was just vinegar. Yeah. Because that was just all the absolute mush apples Everything. off the ground. Like yeah. the, a lot of protein in that, mm. that rum. And I bet it would have been good for like cleaning sinks or something. Probably. Like we could have probably made apple cider vinegar. Mm-hmm. Def- or definitely could have, but. But not a lot of use for apple cider vinegar. Right? No, I mean. It's for those who are especially interested, mm. I'd say. You said a very interesting thing to me about where you grew up. Uh, because you grew up in this freaking postcard. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Like, to someone who's never been there before, and then I get there, and I get on the bus, and I'm riding down the fjord, you know, southwards down the fjord, and it's just kind of weaving along, and it's, to sort of describe it to the people listening at home, these very steep... 1,500-foot-tall peaks just plunge directly into the ocean, and there's, like, little narrow strips and valleys and things that the people live on, and there's sort of one road driving down, so you're sort of weaving down the fjord, and it's just utterly heart-stoppingly beautiful. And I don't know. I, I didn't see any cruise ships rolling by or anything like that. It sort of, like, had this kind of feeling of, like, this is just the beauty for the people who live here. And mm-hmm. I think tourists come in the summer, but, like, it's just, it's not, I've seen some other beautiful fjords in Norway, but there's, like, a cruise ship rolling by every 45 minutes, it feels exactly. like. Like, here in the, the Tron, Tron Fjord, there's just, like, yeah. so many. We have a cruise ship every 14 days in the summer. 
Every 14 days. Yeah. That's a reasonable amount of cruise yeah. ship yeah, you we, could prepare. We, we have a German invasion every 14 days, every Sunday, every other Sunday. Oh my gosh. I used to work in a waffle cafe in Rosendahl, mm-hmm. and that's like the tourist center. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a huge ship that comes in every 14 days during the summer. Or maybe during the summer it's every Sunday, but mm-hmm. then the rest of the year it's every other Sunday. I think that's how it is. Where Where is there a spot that it can pull up? It doesn't. They have little lifeboats that they come in and out. Oh, like in and out with Zodiacs or kind of a thing? Yeah. Mm. Like 20 people at once. Wild. And then they have a special deal with our waffle cafe. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them gets a free waffle. So we have to cook up about 400 waffles. Oh my god! In gosh. the span of two, two hours. And feed to these hungry Germans, hungry old rich Germans. And the worst thing is that in Norway, the, the normal thing to put in your waffles is sour cream and jam. Mm-hmm. Or Brunos. Or Brunos, that's mm-hmm. true, but I don't. I think if you showed a German Brunos, they'd have a heart attack. Yeah. Um, but they also, Germans don't know what sour cream is. Really? Straight up. Like when I showed them, they're like, was it yogurt? Yogurt? No. We explain, like, no, it's um, soured cream, you know, like, imagine yogurt, but maybe with cream, and they're, but why would you, huh? (laughs) They're so confused. It's quite amazing to to witness. This is not a thing. That was more French, I guess. Yeah. Speaking of French, my my roommate, (laughs) L1. Have you heard him complain about the che- the cheese? Rant? I have. This is not real cheese. Twenty four hours. It's not the cheese. It's, it is not a. I mean, you call it cheese. It's not cheese. It is bad milk. Is, uh, you you have failed to make cheese you, uh, too soon. Too soon. It has not been aging for eighty seven years. It was not laid down by my ancestors. <laughs> I've forgotten in a cave, and then found by a brave explorer of cheese. Oh, bless him. I need to get him on this podcast. Oh my point. god! Yeah, I just remembered something when you mentioned cheese in a cave. What? And dungeons, cheese and Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> cheese in a cave, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> For the people listening at home, uh, Sultan and myself and Jurian from the Netherlands uh, have all gotten together, and we are starting up a D and D group here at the school. Mm-hmm. So this morning, the three of us hung out for four hours and made some plans and decided which players are going to be in which group and everything like that. It was very, very fun and nerdy. Yeah, we were. <laughs> so what did cheese in a cave remind you of? Yeah, so I was playing this game, uh, some role-playing game, I don't remember which, during the summer, and I came across a quest where you ended up researching tyromancy mm-hmm. and a ty- an old tyromancer. And I did some research and found out that tyromancy... Mm. is the branch of magic connected to the making and processing of cheese. All right. And there was this whole wizard who lived in a tower and just focused on tyromancy. And mm-hmm. he, like, you were exploring his tower hundreds of years after he had died. And uh, he was being attacked by bandits and some, like, some holy group that wanted to kill him because magic mm-hmm. stuff. And he just... He could have escaped, but he didn't, didn't want to because he had cheeses that he'd been aging for hundreds of years yeah. in a cave, and he was about to make a breakthrough. So <laughs> he would rather die with his cheese. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, so when I read that, I was thinking, this is an amazing 
so, this is something amazing to base a D&D character off of. Oh, Tyromancy. Yeah. She's magic. <laughs> She's magic. It is. It's. I was just reading... Um, I got myself a copy of that brewing book that you have. The River Cottage Handbook Booze. Oh, yeah. That's cool. The River Cottage Booze Handbook, whatever it's called. Yeah, it's... Um, cause, Bible. Because I've always been interested in brewing, and mm. um, when I head back to the States, it looks like I'll have a spot where I could actually like do some brewing. Cool. Um, a garage with a sink in it, basically. Hey. Hey. And a bathroom, maybe? Possibly a bathroom. Possibly a bathroom. I mean, a sink can be a bathroom if you're creative. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It saves water. It... <laughs> but uh, I was reading in there, and he was talking about how brewing did initially like have this flavor of magic to it. Right. Because there's... Of course you know, it does. Yeah. There's a transformation. You're transforming all kinds of things into other things using arcane processes. It's really quite, it, it still is somewhat magical if you think about it, even with like all our understanding of molecular chemistry and everything like that, mm. especially with home brewing, I think so much can go, so much can go wrong, but so much can go unavoidably, surprisingly right. Yes. And you can kind of forget what happened and you can, you can surprise yourself. It's one of those hobbies that I think you can absolutely catch yourself off guard as well. In both good and bad ways. <laughs> Yeah, the, the author had uh, has a thing at the beginning of the book about how so many people. Uh... <laughs> Is that Selena? You have walked in on a podcast again in a different building. <laughs> Do you need something in here? We can pause. Oh, there's the cat. No, Okay. Uh, while I was recording the episode with Nora. Selena came into the room and uh, interrupted the podcast. Then it's so funny because Selena moved rooms, didn't she? She moved yeah, out she, here. She lives here now. So we are in uh, what is the name of this house? Tittebu. Tittebu, which is a separate building from the school that has five or six single rooms. So yeah. most of the students who live in the main school building have roommates, and then there's a few students out here who have uh, their own room just to themselves solo. I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm a bit annoyed because I signed a, I, 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 I committed to having a roommate in the hopes that I would be able to practice lots of Norwegian in oh, my room yeah. with my roommate. And instead it's like, yeah, a lot of kissy noises. <laughs> Elvon is, I, it sounds like we're making fun of him, but there's, I, he's such a sweetheart and he is. it's become a thing between him and I that we get each other's attention by making kissy kissy noises. <laughs> like instead of being like, hey, hey, Elwan, I just go, and he goes, oh, what can I do for you? Can I help you? What do you need? <laughs> uh, so, sorry, we got distracted talking about cheese and things. Oh, where were we? The thing, you said an interesting thing to me about where you grew up. Right. So describe the fjord and the, this road up and down the fjord and all these things. And you told me that you grew up in a two-dimensional world. Yeah. Where you could either... No, a one-dimensional one, one one dimension. world yes. along a line. Yeah. And there were two directions you could go. Up the fjord or down the fjord. Yeah. And the reason that you're so interested in sailing is that sailing made your world two-dimensional. And you could also go 
away from the mountains or towards the mountains. Right. But you also spent a lot of time going up and down the mountains. You told me about, like, you would go on a hike after school some days and... Yeah, of, of course. Um, I mean, the, the one two-dimensional thing is not like something deeply connected to my character that I care very yeah. d- deeply about. It's just a kind of an interesting observation about mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not one-dimensional. Right. But... Um, but also when you when you're hiking, it's also sort of one dimensional, uh, because very often, at least, I end up just following the trail, and sometimes, if I if I just want to like exercise, I end up listening to an audiobook and just walking, walking. Mm-hmm. walking. It could have been a straight line upwards uphill for right. all I all I care. Right. Um, that being said, walking off trail is also very fun. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, especially nice where I live because you can't really get lost. <laughs> you really can't. You just walk until you're tired of walking, and then you walk downwards, uh-huh. and then you hit the one-dimensional road, and you, then you see which, then you know where you are because yeah. you've driven down this one-dimensional road a million times, and you just walk until you find a bus stop or someone you know, because there are thirty-six and a half people who live there. <laughs> Do you think? Do you think that the, also the attraction of sailing in the sea is also because no matter how much you might want to go a certain direction, it's not entirely up to you? I don't know. Like, I always think of sailing as a negotiation with the conditions. Mm. And it doesn't yeah, mean you can't get where you want to go, but you can't... You force can, your, yeah, force you can very rarely just drive in an exact straight line. Yeah toward anything you can't just be like i want to go there mm-hmm. and then point your boat there and be like go yeah like again with an engine yeah <clears throat> and even with an engine you might be fighting tides or currents or wind or something like that yeah but then you most of the time you can also just force your way through mm-hmm. if you really want to but with the sail you just can't mm-hmm. um i don't know i, I never thought about it that way but, like, that is a very interesting thing that I love about sailing so far. Right. And for context for anyone listening at home, I've done very little sailing in my life, which was made apparent at the end of the, <laughs> the break. We'll get to that later, maybe. Yeah, I guess we could I guess we could finish. So we hung out at your house for a few days, uh, celebrated birthdays with your friend Knut. Yeah. Uh, it's really fun to meet him. He he seems very serious. Oh, he's absolutely not. I know. Then that was it took me a very long time to realize that because I think, you know, it was sort of awkward meeting a new person and yeah. I was insisting on only speaking Norwegian, which I'm still not very good at, but I keep getting better. You do. Uh, <laughs> but uh it was it was really fun to sort of watch him open up over the course of the time we hung out, mm. um, and uh, yeah, it was great. So then we drove back here with your dad in his electric van, and we had to stop for Lauda Pause, uh, which is uh, what what does Lauda mean? Charge charge, charge pause. Yeah. To so to charge the electric van every it felt like about every two hours. Yeah. Two ish. and a half ish, depending on if we were going over a mountain pass or something. Which we most of the time were. 
Yeah. And it was, it was fascinating to me how it kind of became a different kind of slower travel because we had to make these pauses and it, I don't know. It has me reflecting on sort of the desired electric future that some people are really pushing for. How did you find the travel with buses? Buses? No, it wasn't bad. It was definitely a very different like mindset. Yeah. To cover that distance because the distance we covered and also the speed we were going, like, I think it would be much more, I mean, I think in a regular gasoline vehicle that we could have done that in, what, two thirds of the time. So it's Probably, yeah. What was it? We were driving for 18 straight hours. Yeah. Well, with, with the pauses, it was 18 hours door to door. If you're, if you're really in a hurry, you could do the trip in about 13 hours, mm-hmm. 12, 13 hours. So some of our charging pauses we hung out a little long i guess we like the one with the ice cream we hung out a little yeah longer. and the one with the pizza mm-hmm. yeah but yeah just sort of fascinating to kind of think about a future potential future time when a road trip like that takes longer hmm. than you know sort of the road trips of my teenage years when gas was so much cheaper than now or the road trips of my parents teenage years when gas was Free. Basically free. Yeah, you know, they paid you to drive around. <laughs> Not quite, but yeah, it's it's wild. And I I kinda liked it because it was like stretch my legs a lot more and have a lot more reflection on the journey and sort of the cost of the journey. Right. The the cost of the power to move the vehicle yeah. became a different thing because we had to go plug in somewhere. You know, like it was a very specific It was. In a way that, like, I think gasoline engines have such a large tank capacity that sort of the time in between is much yeah. longer. And do, that reminds me of the time... I'm just going to go a bit off track. Uh-huh. The time that Kenneth had word of the day at Nust. Mm-hmm. So that's my teacher. <laughs> um, He's amazing. It was Kenneth, right? Who said, yeah. Who's Kenneth. talking about uh, the, the power of... Uh, gasoline and uh, diesel and human work Mm -hmm. and he told us that in a hundred liters of diesel which is a a, not large smaller amount of gallons there is something like 25 basically a single tank of gas yeah there is more energy than a human can produce in their entire lifetime Mm. with a hundred liters of gasoline a tractor can do more work than a human can in its entire lifetime that's insane. Yeah. And how Kenneth talked about uh, what he has theorized that a, a patch of grass, which he theorized he could, he could uh, cut mm-hmm. in about two weeks. With his uh, scythe. Yeah, with his scythe. He could do in 30 minutes with a tractor. That's, yeah. It's unnatural. <laughs> it's not natural. Food. Mucking about in tractors. Taint natural. <laughs> Sullivan is also a fellow Lord of the Rings fan, so many of the many of the deeper cut Lord of the Rings references that fly over most people's heads, Sulfan is uh, right there with him. And so is Urian. I think I think it's yeah. gonna be a very very Lord of the Rings inflected D D campaign. And I have the impression that a lot of people maybe more people in your group are familiar with Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. but I don't think Dean and Asgar very have read the Silmarillion. No, I don't think Dean and Asgar have read the Silmarillion. 
Oh my gosh, those two. These two Danish guys, absolutely <laughs> delightful. Sweethearts, wonderful. They're roommates, and they're like the party times, good fun boys. Like when when God God made them, when God made the Danish, mm-hmm. he, he spilled over the vial with energy and loudness. Mm-hmm. And there was none left for Kama. Yeah, that's... Or not energy, loudness. The, the loudness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kama was on a couple episodes ago, yeah. and uh, a listener wrote to me and said she had a very calming voice. Yeah, that was absolutely not a jab at Kama. Yeah, in no, in no, no, <laughs> no. But that's way. the thing. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine Kama like yelling. No, but I, I'm sure it must happen. It, it, I mean, it must. Hmm. And some other parallel weird universe. I just called Denmark. Even when I'm like Kama, imagining Kama yelling, I'm imagining Kama reaching into the pocket of her cargo pants and pulling out like an air horn, like like to get someone's attention in a danger situation. Like she has some sort of noise making or like a whistle, or just yeah, just such a sternly shaken fist that yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I told you at the beginning this is audio, Sultan. Yeah, sorry. Uh. So yeah, wrapping up our uh, our host firing tale, yeah. we got back to the school and we took your dad sailing mm. in one of the we school's did. boats. Yeah, and uh, it was really fun. We went very fast to the end of the lake, and then we turned around, and it got a lot windier because there were some pretty intense gusts there in were. the wind. And I got fucking scared and realized I'd fucked up big time, or mm-hmm. thought I had fucked up big time at least. Mm-hmm. And we just decided to take down the sail and the mast and just row back mm-hmm. because I was not interested in capsizing that day. <laughs> it's, it's we so... probably wouldn't have capsized. No. But I was... Uh, yeah, that was the point I was making earlier. I've done very little sailing in my life. Mm. Most of my sailing has been after coming to the school. Mm. So in the last two months. Well, you know, the, I think you can only learn by having those lessons. Yeah, I was it talk- was very definitely a lesson. Yeah, I was talking about that with a friend uh, here at the school this afternoon because we walked by the student kitchen and someone was cooking something and it was sort of burning a little bit on the stove Mm. and they hadn't turned on the over the stove air suction uh, machine, the vent hood. I'm losing English words. Ventilator. Ventilator. Yeah. They have ikke brukt the ventilator. They have not brukt the ventilator. And then they're joking about that. I can, I'm getting to the point where I can hear your dialect now and I'm like, <laughs> wait. What the fuck is he saying? <laughs> oh. You're at the point where you can understand my dialect is incomprehensible. Yeah, well, where I can understand why. Because, you know, when I first got here, all Norwegian was just kind of this, like, wall of sound yeah. that occasionally had, like, ikke or oxo or frokost in it. You know, I, 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 have, I have, since before I got here, I've known all my numbers and my times and the names of all my meals. Mm. So when I got here, I ne- I've never missed a meal, and I've always understood when the meal is going to happen, which I, when the meal is intended to happen. <laughs> Sometimes meals are late. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was so funny to like <laughs> realize 
but now like uh, after time like i'm starting to be like okay that's sulfan's dialect and now like my brain is starting to process okay he he says these letters this way and so now i can kind of follow a little bit yeah (laughs) but yeah my favorite one so far is that um deer with d-y-r which is animal you say deer and that pronouncing the letter R is or R. Skagar. Heiter on. I mutsen dinte rulla R. Rulla R. Rulla R. Som de har i Telemark. Och säkert andra platser, jag vet inte. Och så har du sån gudsförlat Oslo-dialekt med. Oslo-dialekt med R. 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 Which is. Oslo dialect is what yeah, it's I'm. Christian. Yeah, oh, and, oh, also strangely, yeah. for by that are uh, that are the uh, folken lærer på uh, Duolingo. So I can say, I guess I could say that my dialect is Duolingish. Yeah, I mean that's probably the most accurate thing to say. <laughs> I can't think of a better note to uh, wind this up on. So, um, ooh, I'm going to try to say uh, uh, something in Norwegian mm-hmm. to close out the podcast, and then will you translate it to <laughs> English? Yeah. Okay. Talk for a little bit. Nej. Tack för att du lyssnade. Tack för att du lyssnade. This episode of min of podcasten min. Du är väldigt god folken för att hjälpa mig laga this podcast med du support på Patreon. Um, so thank you all very much for listening to this episode of the podcast Uh, you're all very good people also I appreciate you for supporting me on Patreon Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of uh, my nonsense you can head over to patreon.com slash strangely and you can also find out more about me and all of the things I do at strangelyandfriends.com. And finally, a special shout out this week to Oliver's mom, who has informed me via Oliver into the grapevine of the school that she missed last week's episode. So there will be two episodes this week, Oliver's mom. And thanks for shaking the strangely tree to remind me that I needed to make some podcasts. I will see you all very soon with another episode. Thank you so much.